Hey guys, the following podcast is a Lady Gang Network and Podcast One production, which means it's going to be awesome. Hey mamas, before we get into this episode, we just want to say that we're thinking of you. We're here with you. We hope everybody's taking care of themselves, doing what's right and isolating and self-quarantining, being with your family. We know it's stressful. Jen and I are feeling you and feeling it. But there are also moments to realize that this is a really special time that our kids are viewing very differently. So head over to the Mama Said Instagram or to Jen and I. We're trying to share all the trials and tribulations of this time. And again, we hope you are all staying safe and well. We love you. Thanks for listening and being a part of Mama Said. And thanks in advance for supporting these sponsors in this episode. They help us have this much fun with you every week for free. So enjoy the show. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. No one said being a parent would be easy, but now you don't have to go through it alone. Actress and mother of two, Jamie Lynn Sigler, has teamed up with musician and stay-at-home mother of two, Jenna Paris, to create a safe place where you can confess your worst mommy sins and still feel like you're killing the mommy game. This is Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. On today's episode, we have the incredible Eve Rotsky, author of Fair Play. And my gosh, what a time to talk about fair play. Our, our husbands, our spouses, our partners are home with us, seeing the work that we do, the things that we have to do, the responsibilities we have as a home and caretaker. She's talking all about how to get fair balance within your home, a harmonious way, improve your relationships. Um, she's amazing. I can't wait for you guys to hear her. But as parents, another thing that we always want to do is encourage our children to pursue their dreams and provide opportunities that give them the best chance to succeed. And we're all homeschooling right now. We're seeing what it's like. And if you ever have given more thought about that, Laurel Springs is an accredited online private school for students in kindergarten through 12th grade. Laurel Springs recognizes that each child is a unique individual with their own, own personal interests, special talents, unique learning style. So if you register your child at laurelsprings.com slash mama today, you will receive a waived registration free. That's laurelsprings.com slash mama for your waived registration fee. laurelsprings.com slash mama. You're listening to Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. Well, hello, hello, and welcome everybody to our first ever Zoom quarantined Mama Said. Um, <laughs> I'm Jamie. Hi, guys. I'm Jenna. How are and, you? And um, our guest today, we were so excited and looking forward to this moment of having her on, but we realized it couldn't have been, been more divine timing to have her than any time but now. Um, she's Eve Rotsky. Her book, Fair Play, if you haven't read it, buy it now um, and find the minutes between naps and whatever you can find for yourself in homeschooling to read it. Um, she used her educations from U of M and Harvard Law School and then years of organizational management experience and created a life management system to help couples rebalance all of the work it takes to run a home and reimagine their relationship time and purpose, which I love. But in also the time of Corona in, in relationships, I mean, and how to divide up tasks and be fair in this house, my goodness, um, I feel like we're all struggling and trying to figure this out. So first and foremost, welcome Eve. Thank you so much. I love you guys. I love your podcast. So thank you for having me. I really do feel like it was divine timing. This is a good time, especially to talk to women, but especially mothers. Yes, yes absolutely. absolutely. 
So we like to always start our show with our mommy win fails um, of the week. So Eve, if you don't mind joining us, because since you're here and we're going to do it, um, I guess since I'm talking, I'll go first. Um, win fails. Well, wins feel like far and few between, but at the same time, I've oddly had um, beautiful moments, almost where I was felt like I'm going to be sad when this is over, as crazy as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and forgive me if it seems insensitive, because I'm well aware and sensitive to everything that's going on, but it's just, I do treasure like the sweet moments my boys are having together, or the the movie nights, or the relaxed scheduling that normally we have to keep the flow of our life going. It's so It's been so disrupted. And for me, because of what I do, there's obviously no work for me anywhere. I've almost been able to let go of like worrying about when jobs will come or auditions or anything. And I'm so present in my home that I find that's almost a win because it's teaching me that once this is all over and we get back into that, I've kind of learned how to really be present in my home. So I'm going to take that as my win. Um, My fail is... I wake up every day promising myself I will not yell as much as I will. I have been, but I do. It's hard. We're all feeling it, and I'm trying to be more forgiving to myself than I normally am about that, but it's hard. So that's just my fail. I agree. I I have the same ones with you. Um, so m- my big win, honestly, was happened today, and it was I talked to my therapist. Yes. Um, I took a, I I asked my husband to give me an hour. I didn't ask him. Actually, I kind of told him at this point, I've been basically home for a month. He is leaving the house to go to my parents' house in a different room that they don't touch to go work. And I respect it because he's, you know, bringing in the money and he's providing for this family. So he needs to do his thing. Um, So I really haven't had any time to do anything for myself and uh, can't really focus on mama said too much because it's all after 7 PM and my brain is fried. So it's been, that's been a challenge. But so my therapist wrote to me yesterday, she says, are we still on? And I thought to myself, I was like, I'm not going to ask Neil if I could have that 10 to 11 slot. I'm just going to tell him that it's detrimental to my health. And if I don't have it, I'm going to break. He was like, yep, you can have it totally. And I decide, and he was like, I'll take the kids for a walk you can have it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for a walk and get outside and you could do whatever you want with the kids. So I ended up going for a walk with an hour for an hour and talked to my therapist and we even FaceTime midway. And it was the best feeling in the world. I was looking outside and I was like, wow, this is what daytime looks like. This is amazing. This is not my backyard. There's like flowers blooming. And it was so therapeutic for me. Um, and so my therapist was like, your, your prescription is to get outside during the day, once a day for an hour, not at 7 p.m., not at, not at 6 a.m. during the day. If your husband can handle it and give you an hour, do it. So I did. And it was amazing. And uh, my fail is the same as you. I'm yelling and I hate it. And I actually talked to my therapist about it today. And she was like, give yourself a break. This during quarantine, give yourself a break. If you're yelling, it's okay. 
I know you apologize after, give yourself a break. Yeah. So it's, it's been hard. I feel, I, I yell and then I'm like, <gasps> I'm Corella DeVille. <laughs> I hate it. So that's, it's a huge, you know, adjustment and shitty feeling for me almost every day. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how are things going for you, Eve? <laughs> I'll do one of those as well. Um, I think, Jamie, what you were picking up on is really interesting because I'm deep into writing my second book, which is a lot about um, this idea that's in Fair Play, but is even more explored in book two, this idea of unicorn space, right? Which means like our permission to be interesting, um, the permission for ourselves to be interested in our own lives after we have kids. Mm. Um, one of my best friends who has three Ivy league degrees started to sign her emails, hashtag Braden's mom. And <laughs> I said, you know, you're a human being, like you're still a person. You have a lot to offer other yeah. than your role. Um, so I've been steeped in this happiness research, living in happiness labs, uh, psychologists, neuroscientists. And one of the interesting things I've learned in this, for this next book is this idea of extraordinary versus ordinary moments. So when we're younger, a lot of our happiness is derived from extraordinary moments, like big birthday parties, our 30th birthday party, um, our, the, the birth of our first child, planning a wedding, um, all, all these sort of extraordinary moments and cultural milestones for women. Right. As you get older, actually, um, there's a lot of meaning and happiness in ordinary moments. Hmm. So sometimes it takes till 95, where I was reading this book and talking to this happiness research at UCLA Anderson, uh, the business school there. And she gave me this book and this article and this 95 year old said his happiest part of his day is just smelling his citrus tree. Mm. And so how nice is that what you were saying before Jamie and Jenna, when you're talking about even just looking at the flowers, right? This idea that we can derive happiness from ordinary moments. Yeah. So that's sort of my win is really trying to absorb that research since it's been very clinical when I've been writing, but now we're sort of living it because we yeah. have to derive happiness from ordinary moments. And I think um, the fails are always ever the same for, I think for all of us, right? It's a combination of what I call uh, domestic encroachment. So the clouds of guilt and shame that sort of rain down over me whenever, anytime I'm doing anything for myself, mm. even, um, even now that, uh, you know, I've sold the second book and I have to write it, sometimes I'm like, well, I might as well just go check on Zach and see how his Zoom call is going with his school. Um, you know, so it's, I call that domestic encroachment, where the clouds of guilt and shame can come and sort of rain down on you yeah. when you're doing something for yourself, even if, especially if it's not paid the same as maybe your partner's wages are. Right. Um, and so that's always, that's always the struggle. Struggle. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's such a struggle for my husband and I. And actually, um, what gets us into arguments a lot. Um, Maybe we start there. Maybe we should start there. Yeah. Well, let's take a really quick break, and then when we come back, um, let's talk about how fair play can play into our extreme situations right now that we're all living in. Um, I think Jen and I have actually diff different situations, but we're still struggling. So I think it'll be really great to hear your perspective and advice. So we'll be right back. 
Well, I just got a very special package in the mail yesterday, and that was my Elixinol. They are stress-less CBD capsules, and they are incredible, and I need them more than ever right now because I'm with my kids all day long, 24-7, and my husband, and you know, it's, it's a lot. So you guys, if you want to calm down and relax and just feel good, let's get you some Elixinol. So at Elixinol, their mission is really simple, to improve the quality of people's lives through the power of cannabinoids like CBD. If you guys want to feel good and just take the stress off, then here you go. Go to elixinol.com for 20% off your order of Elixinol Stressless CBD capsules. So the code is MAMA20. And let me tell you one more time how to get this. Go to elixinol.com. That's elixinol.com for 20% off your order of Elixinol Stressless CBD capsules with the code MAMA20. We're all getting everything delivered right now. And I just discovered my new favorite subscription. It's called Causebox, and I need to tell you about it. Causebox is a quarterly, which means four times a year, subscription box curated by women for women that is filled with all sorts of amazing products and brands that are ethical, sustainable, and have a positive mission to give back and make the world better. Every cause box is limited edition, comes with six to eight full-size products. You can get everything from skincare and jewelry to homewares and accessories. The last four boxes sold out within days. And the best part is our listeners are getting an exclusive discount. So if you go to www.causebox.com slash mama and use the code mama said to get your first box for 30% off, as in you can get your first box worth over $250 for less than $39 and free shipping. So go to Causebox right now and see why you will love it. That's www.causebox.com slash mama and use the code mama said. Go check out Causebox right now. I can tell you firsthand you are going to love it. You're listening to Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. And we're back. <laughs> what do you know? Um... So Eve, before we get into it, um, I got, I like today during my toddler's nap and I sent my six-year-old to his Xbox, I went like knee deep in videos of you. And I just loved hearing you talk about, um, your mom and your promises to yourself and, and, and how fair play came into play. I mean, you did a spreadsheet. Jenna loves a spreadsheet. I mean, live for a spreadsheet. Oh my God. That's a Google doc. Um, but, and I, I loved all your rules. So if you don't mind, like before we get into specifics of this time, I'd love for you just to tell our listeners that haven't um, for some reason heard about Fair Play, just the, the basics about it and, and what they can learn and benefit from from it. Absolutely. And I will say that I had this awesome man DM me. I'm willing to accept the female anger in the beginning part of your book because the solution has been really helpful for me and my wow. So I'm going to go a little female anger because I think we all deserve it right now. For sure. Um, and then we can talk solutions. Okay. But in terms of the female anger part, um, this all started, so we'll go pre-COVID because again, this is still very relevant today and more so with women who shoulder two thirds or more of the domestic load, regardless of whether we work outside the home. Uh, statistic, I didn't know I was living at the time, but I was. So this book really originated from a text my husband sent me. Um, you know, you can't make this shit up. Just uh, uh, as I was driving in my car one day after my second son, Ben, was born, this was eight years ago, 
Um, and he sent me a text that said, I'm surprised you didn't get blueberries. And um, yeah, so that day, we can picture the scene of what was happening, right? I, I had a diaper bag and a breast pump on the passenger seat of my car. I had gifts for a newborn baby to return in the back seat of my car. Um, I was racing to pick up Zach, who was three at the time, from his toddler transition program, which in America lasts like five minutes because we value, you know, working mothers and families. And as I was like racing to go get him, this text came in. And I don't know, for some reason, the whole scene just made me stop. Yeah, it just made me stop. I had to pull over to the side of the road. And even though I was going to be late to pick up Zach, and I just started crying. I mean, I think what I was really crying about, well, what I was first thinking was like, shit, if my marriage is going to end, like it was supposed to be over my affair with an NFL player. Like that's how my marriage is to end, right? Or some crazy dramatic fight in the Caribbean. I don't know, something really freaking cool. Not blueberries. Or like off-season blueberries. (laughs) Um, But I was really thinking I used to be able to manage employee teams. And somehow now after my second son is born, I can't even manage a grocery list, but, but more importantly, um, how the fuck did this happen to me? Um, you know, how did I become the default or as I call in fair play, the she fault, mm. literally every single household and domestic tasks for my family. Yeah. And Jamie, as you said, this, I, you're alluding to my mother. This wasn't supposed to happen to me because I came out of a single parent household. Um, or my father left my mother when she, he was pregnant, when she was pregnant with my brother. So I was three and my brother was zero. And from seven years old, you know, as my therapist would say, I was a parental child. And so I would help her with bills. So I would start putting piles like, these are your regular bills, mom. And this is your late final shutoff notices. This is an eviction notice that came when you're working late. Um, and so from there, I vowed that I would have an equal partner in life. And that regardless of what careers we chose, regardless of what careers we chose, regardless of what money we made, because I always wanted to do philanthropy, even though I have a Harvard law degree, and he wanted to do private equity. So yes, he would always make more money than me. But regardless of that, we would do everything fair. And we did. We took turns doing dishes. He would quiz me to get my dream job, staying up all night. I marked up all his operating agreements because I'm a lawyer by trade. Um... And so I was thinking to myself, if this is happening to me, the product of a single mom who vowed this wouldn't, and I'm also a Harvard trained lawyer, I'm literally trained to use my voice at the best negotiation project, the best school ever for learning to communicate, um, then it's probably happening to other women. Mm. And that's where, that's what took me out on my quest, my quest to figure out what the hell is happening to me. And that was, that was eight years ago. Wow. Amazing. And what a gift. I mean, we all uh, usually the greatest gifts and the greatest things come from people's own experience. And I think I've always said the one thing that's deepened every relationship I've had with women is motherhood because it's the great equalizer. I mean, you're no matter how much money you have or anything, like we all feel and deal with the same things. And if talking about the great equalizer, I mean, right now, I mean, we're all being forced to look within, be within, live within our homes. And then to think about like the dividing the time and the responsibility. Um, I think maybe 
I want to throw it to you, Jenna, first, because I just feel mm-hmm. like in yeah. your situation, it's more imbalanced than mine. And I think that it's, it's very representative of what people are dealing with right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm specifically dealing with this exact subject right now. Um, and like I said before, it's... Um, before this too, though, right? Before this, but really right now. Um, and it's come to the point where uh, something needs to change because I don't want to be the nag, but I also don't want the husband who is listening to me beg for just take out the trash once a day and I'm saying it in the nicest way possible, but yet it doesn't happen. So then what? I'm like, okay, so I ask politely, I text politely, I write it on a a whiteboard, just please, like, I will, that one chore that you will do every night will make me happy throughout the whole day doing all the other chores. And while it's maybe not fair for me to do 99% of the other stuff, it's okay because I actually enjoy chores and I enjoy cleaning and I sometimes he does it wrong. So I'd rather do it myself. Um, and he loves that, but I don't know how I wrote, I wrote a text to Neil about a week and a half ago. Basically I broke down and it was this long and I, I sent it to Jamie and I was like, I don't know how to say this. I'm trying to be polite, but this is what I've done today. And it was probably 75 things in four hours. And I was like, I know you're working and I know you're bringing money, but it doesn't mean that just because I'm the mom and I'm the female in in this house that I have to do all the work around the house. Like you have to put in some effort. You have to, you have to. So for four days, he did. He was like randomly doing the dishes and he randomly took out the trash, but it fizzled. And I'm like, just take out the trash every night. That's all you have to do. I'll be really turned on. You just take out the trash. Like this is, it will be amazing. Can you do that? I wrote it in our shared calendar. Nothing ever happened. So I'm at the point where I'm fucking pissed right now because he's an amazing guy and an amazing dad. But I literally, last night I was up till 12 and I was like, I have more work to do around the house. I have to clean the playroom. It's disgusting. The kitchen's disgusting. He goes, just come to bed. And I said, I don't think you understand. I can't come to bed. How about you get out of bed and just help me so I can come to bed. And I didn't say that last night because I didn't want to be that person. And I was hoping he would catch I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't because that's not going to work. And I was you, Jenna. I mean, I was you. I was at a place where I was going to leave my marriage. This is after my second son, Ben, was born. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was the fulfiller of our smoothie needs. Right. Like, that happened. I be, I'm not Eve, like the social activist, lawyer. Um, I left JP Morgan, the corporate workforce, because I couldn't handle it all. Um, and so what happened was I was where you were. And so I said to myself, well, at least I know how to do Excel. At least yeah. I know how to research. So I'm going to research this problem. So it turns out that this she fault has a name. Mm-hmm. Right? called the second shift it's called emotional labor it's called uh the mental load but my favorite was an article from 1986 that i found called invisible work and when i saw this article i thought shit this is everything to me because how can seth value what he doesn't see right 
I did a, 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 a nine month version of your text. Okay. I started to call up every single friend that I had, um, who, <laughs> who, um, came, first my friends who came with me on a breast cancer March where that day I had a Oscar winning producer, a stroke and trauma doctor. I'm a lawyer. Um, we're all marching with our courage, strength, and power signs, not just a female problem. And then 12 o'clock comes along and it's like an anthropological experiment. All of our phones blow up, right? With where's the Hudson soccer bag? Um, where did you, um, what's the address of the birthday party? And my all-time favorite was, do the kids need to eat lunch? Yes. What do I feed them? <laughs> and so, and as I watch all my most amazing friends, the most amazing careers, uh, the most talented women I know respond to these and say things to me like, you know what? We probably did leave them with too much to do. Our partners in hetero cisgender relationships, too much to do. We should probably just skip lunch and go home. So I called those friends and friends of friends. And I started a giant Excel sheet that started at the bottom with tabs, like anything that took more than two minutes of quantifiable time. So you can't quantify loving your children, but you can quantify the the flowers you go get for the recital. Mm -hmm. so I started writing everything sing, single thing down, like taking your kids to the dentist appointment, arranging for the, researching the dentist, one hour, um, making your kids lunches, 10 minutes. <laughs> and then friends of friends I didn't even know started to chime in saying, I got your Excel sheet. Um, I noticed you forgot Elf on the Shelf. Mm. One hour times 20 nights. Um, I didn't see Girl Scout cookies ordering in sales. Um, you know, five hours. Don't forget sunscreen, two minutes to apply, but 30 minutes for the chase. Right? Yes. It was this really cathartic experiment with other women. I titled the spreadsheet, The Shit I Do. Um, it was 19 million megabytes. Like I told you, it took nine months. And I sent it off to Seth one day with the subject line, can't wait to discuss. Wow. <laughs> and... I was super proud of this thing. It was like another baby that I gave birth to. It took nine months. And I waited like anxiously for his response. And I just get that, that monkey emoji, that sad emoji, that mm -hmm. evil emoji. I didn't even get the courtesy of the free fucking monkey trio, just the sad <laughs> monkey emoji. Um, and then I decided then, that was the day where I said, like, I have two choices. I can resign myself to being the chief family nag and uh, res or resign myself to doing it all. Um, or I can get my ass in gear and become my own client. So what I do, my day job is I'm a family mediator and I create systems, systems, not lists. Cause what I realized that day, right. Is lists alone don't work. They never have worked. So I started to create a, a system for family rebalance. And the crazy thing about that, process was that it was actually really easy because it was based on what works at work. Like imagine going into your office or talking, you know, talking to each other and just being like, what should we do today? I'll just wait here to tell me what to do. Right. It doesn't work. Men don't do that. So anyway, so I, I went on this, I'll just, just tell you the problem and then we can go to solution. So I go on this quest. I interview 500 men and women that mirror the U S census. They are all socioeconomic status, all ethnicities all over this country. And I found out what the real problem was. So we're all fighting about the small details. 
So everybody is fighting over the sponge in the sink and who's taking out the garbage, everybody. Mm -hmm. And in my case, who's buying the blueberries? But there was a real core finding to fair play. And then again, we can go into the solution. But I think it's really important to tell your listeners what the core finding is because it's why it had to be a book and why it couldn't be this like cute card game, this gamification system that you just have on like next to Cards Against Humanity at Target. The core finding of fair play was that we as a society view men's time as finite, like diamonds, and women's time as infinite, like sand. And this was the, and we know that from equal pay, right? Because even in the same job, we make less money. But the sad part was it was women. It was women who were devaluing the time the most. Mm -hmm. So women all over this country were saying things to me like, of course I get the home supplies, watch the kids, take care of the pets, do the first aid emergency, do the cleaning, pick up the groceries because my husband makes more money than me. Okay, so that's, a terrible argument because even in the same job, we must make less money. I chose philanthropy. So that means I'm going to be responsible for take, doing the grocery shopping for the rest of our lives. Next argument women said was I'm wired differently. I'm a better multitasker. So Jenna and Jamie, the only other time I cried in this eight year process, besides the day of the blueberries was the day I sat in front of the top neuroscientists in America. Um, who my clients fund, so I have access to him. And I said to him, are women better multitaskers? Are we better wired for care? And he said to me, um, he had like hair in his ears. He's just like a very typical old man, white man. And he's like, are women better wired differently? Are their brains wired differently? I'm like, yeah, are we better multitaskers for, you know, all, all this, you know, home stuff? And he looks at me and he said, wow, um, imagine Eve, we can convince half the population that they're better at wiping asses and doing dishes. How great for the other half of the population. Mm -hmm. I started sobbing in his chair. I sobbed that day. And then the most common thing women said to me was in the time it takes me to tell my partner what to do, I might as well just do it myself. So I went to the top behavioral economists in this country and they said, that's the worst argument for women because of course it makes sense to tell someone and to, have them wipe the asses and do the dishes. Otherwise, you're gonna be doing it forever. And again, your time is not infinite. We don't have infinite time. We both just have 24 hours in a day. Yep. And so even women in the same job as men, two colorectal surgeons, two shipping supervisors at the post office, women were still saying, you know, my husband needs a lot more downtime and I'm just, I, I can find the time. So I'd like to say to your listeners, unless we're Albert Einstein and we know how to fuck with the space-time continuum, There's actually no way to find time. It's just there's such a different expectation over how women are supposed to use our time. And when it's infinite, we're supposed to be able to do it all. So what I realized then was that is the core key here. If we don't change our view of how we view women's time, that all time is created equal, we both just get 24 hours in a day, time is not money, we have a limited amount of time on this earth, and my time is just as valuable, Seth. I am not the blueberries buyer just because you bring in money for this household. We can both be the blueberries buyer. It doesn't have to be 50-50. But nobody, not one person should be, if you're privileged enough to have a partner, responsible for doing all the unpaid labor in your home. 
And that's how things started to change. Once I had that realization and I said, I'm not going to live this way anymore. I'm going to start viewing my time as valuable as my husband's time. Absolutely. It's so true. And it's, it's, it, like, I'm just, I'm just sitting here nodding my head for people that are obviously just listening and not understand. Like, I almost feel like Neil's listening right now through the other room. He should be. We're going to take a quick break and come back. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and come back because I want to talk to you, Eve, about um, a breakthrough my husband and I had because we have a different situation. My husband's working inside our home in a full-time job, and he is seeing everything I'm doing for the first time. And it actually, it was bad, but it got better. So we'll talk about that in a minute. So all of us mamas are sitting at home right now. We have a ton of time to give ourselves facials and our own manicures and really, you know, clear up our skin. So you guys listen up because there's a company called Muesli and they are revolutionizing custom prescription skincare by making it very affordable and accessible to everyone. So Muesli has proven to eliminate years of melasma and hyperpigmentation within weeks. Yes, within just weeks. And that's because their products are up to 10 times more powerful and potent than over-the-counter and most prescription medications. So you guys, we're all doing nothing. We're just sitting around. Order this, give it a try, and let us know what you guys think. So check out what thousands of women who are just like you have to say about Muesli Face RX. And if that isn't enough, Muesli has a 60-day result guarantee or your money back. So go to muesli.com slash mama to get 20% off your first order. That's M-U-S-E-L-Y dot com slash mama for 20% off your order. Let us know what you guys think. For those of you that are doing some planning during this quarantine time, and when I say planning, I'm talking about a wedding, uh, when we finally will be able to get together with all our loved ones and friends, let Zola help you make your wedding planning easier and less stressful. They have wedding websites, registries, invites, a guest list manager, all in one place, plus free wedding website designs. There's hundreds of gorgeous designs for every style. They have the highest rated registry all of all time, plus beautiful and affordable invites and paper. So if you go to Zola.com slash mama today and use promo code SAVE50 to get 50% off your save the dates, you can also get free personalized paper samples before you purchase. That's 50% off save the dates at Zola.com slash mama promo code, promo code, excuse me, save 50. Again, Zola.com slash mama promo code save 50. You're listening to Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. Okay, we're back. Um... So for my situation, um, my husband still has his full-time job. If anything, he's busier than ever because he works for this company called Theragun, which is um, like an at-home percussive vibrational. So a lot of people aren't getting massages. So, it, you know, and people are home. So he's in charge of partnerships. So anyway, he's just very busy. He goes into our dining room, puts noise-canceling headphones at 9 a.m. And he is there until 5. And I respect it. I got it because I have no other work. <clears throat> the first week and a half, though, besides this, this podcast, besides this, podcast. Well, aside from this podcast, of course. Um, but the first week and a half, it was the sore reality for me because I don't have childcare, I don't have a housekeeper, and I don't want to sound like a spoiled brat. But there's a lot 
a lot. I have a very rambunctious two-year-old. I have a six-year-old that I'm homeschooling, trying to teach how to read all this stuff by myself. I also have MS. So I have, my needs are not met at all. Um, I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, but it's just mopping, scrubbing, all of these things. And I found that for the first week, I was kind of like huffing and puffing and like getting annoyed at him. Even when he would just walk in for a minute and be like, hey guys, I'd be like, Ugh. you know, and then he started to feel it too. And like, if I would be like, can you just pick up your fucking mason jar or like, stop, like, and he'd be like, all right. And I was like, oh my God. And then we would kind of get into it in front of the kids. And I was like, listen to me, when they go to bed, you and I need to have a serious talk. And I didn't know what I was going to say in this talk, but I trusted somewhere that it was going to come to me. And I sat in front of him and I said, I am doing so many things that I'm not used to doing. I have no outlet for myself. That being said, like, I am proud of myself at the end of the day of what I accomplished. I, I love that I'm my, my, at least my six-year-old will remember this time. Like I am doing my best and I'm proud of myself, but this is fucking hard. And then when I ask you for one, two, three, maybe four things during the day, the last thing you should be doing is giving me an attitude. You should be saying, sure, babe, no problem, babe. I got you, babe. I was like, even if it feels like it's annoying, like you need to do those little steps to make my life easier. And he looked at me, he was like, I got it. And I don't know what switched, but since then he has let me sleep in almost every morning to meditate or like given me an hour to myself to like meditate, do my exercises so that I know I did my physical therapy, whatever I need to do for me. On Saturday, he takes the boys for two hours, like bike ride, outside playing, so I can have my time, whether it's like laying in bed and watching Bravo or whatever it is. And it, it's, we found a rhythm, but I didn't even know that that's what I was feeling until I sat in front of him of just like, right now, like we're, we're not living a normal life. Like, even if you don't have a nanny or anything, like your kids go to school or you have a park to go to, or they have, they see other children. Like, you know, we're also even talking about like our kids behavior, like our six-year-olds. It's like, it's been really rough this week. And I said, and my husband was saying, he's like, God, he's being so difficult, this and that. And I was like, we have to also step back and be like, this is hard for us. This is also really hard for him. Like he has no other kids to play with except his two-year-old brother who understands every other word, if that, and like doesn't understand situations. Like this is really hard on all of us. And it's like you're saying, like we need, and your therapist was saying, Jenna, like we need to be more forgiving for ourselves. And I think in this time, we need to be more forgiving to like everyone. Absolutely. I think that is, it is so insightful what you said, because I think we can, let's move to solutions. Yeah. Um, so first understand that, uh, again, why fair play had to be a book and why there is some female in the, in the beginning before you can move to a solution is because if you've ever said one of those toxic time messages to yourself, I'm doing more because my husband makes more money than me. Um, in the time it takes me to tell him what to do, I might as well do it myself. I'm a better multitasker. I'm wired differently. My husband needs more downtime. I can find the time. Stop. None of those things are actually true. 
And so it's time to switch your mindset that your time is just as valuable. We only have 24 hours in a day and an hour holding your child's hand in the pediatrician's office is just as valuable to society as an hour in the boardroom. And that is the new reality. I believe that this is the time where we have a chance to reset, especially yeah. for others, to either have our new normal where we can make a really big difference in the lives of women or we can just go back to traditional gender roles. Now, what's been working for people who are doing that reset is very similar, Jamie, to what you're doing. So Fair Play, what is a good self-help book? It's just a way for people to communicate, right? I mean, it's really about opening a mindset to a shift in a mindset and then hopefully some communication tools. And that's really what I want to talk about first is communication. Yeah. Because what you did is very important and I'll tell you why. So fair play is predicated on communicating when emotion is low and cognition is high. So that's what you did, right? When you didn't have your kids around and you sat your husband down at night. So let's talk about women and communication. When I went out and interviewed the 500 plus women, and now I have you know over 10,000 people that have reached out on Fair Play Life and people who are playing all over, and it's pretty amazing. But in the beginning of this process, um, one of the main things women said to me was, yeah, I, I get it and I want to get to the system, but I can't, I can't sit down with my husband about domestic life because it's too triggering. Right. So one woman said that to me and I was just listening, you know, at that point I was just taking notes and then 20 minutes later in our interview, she tells me about the time that week that her husband forgot to put the laundry in the dryer after she asked him to do the laundry a hundred times. And she took all the, the clothes out of the wet, you know, the laundry and dumped them on his pillow. Oh my God. I've thought about that a million times. Yeah. Right. Um, another woman said she doesn't communicate about domestic life. It's too triggering. And I found out, I literally found out she has an Instagram account called the shit. My husband doesn't pick up. <laughs> and she takes pictures of the Mason jars and the, the shavings, you know, his shavings that are in the sink. And she, she publicly shames him on Instagram. So what I'm going to say to your listeners as a mediator, because I say this to my clients for over a decade, is that when, you know, I work, my day job is I work for families that look like the HBO show Succession. Right. Um, not that particular family, but they are people who hire me for a succession of family business and family foundations. And they typically have at least $150 million in their foundation or family business. So these are wealthy people. And I'm used to patriarch storming out of the room every time his second son speaks. Wow. So how do I get these clients to communicate with grace and humor and generosity and actually know their role and do what they're going to say? Well, that takes some systems. But the first thing it takes is communication. If you're going to walk out patriarch every time your second son speaks, what I have to tell you is you're already communicating. I know you say you don't communicate your, with your son about the family business, but I saw some communication there. So Jamie, before when you were saying the ha ah, and the rolling of our eyes or withholding sex or whatever the hell we're doing, I'm telling all of your listeners, we are all already communicating about domestic life. I'll go onto your Nest Cam as a mediator, Jenna, and I'll see five ways you communicated about domestic life today. Yeah. It's just, so when I started talking about a communication shift and not a start, more people were willing to listen. So what are the three pillars of good communication that I talk about on Fair Play? Well, one is this idea of investing in your partnership like you're investing in toilet paper. So I love to go around and ask women, tell me what your wedding vows were and how are you living them every day? 
So most people just looked at me like I was insane. They had no idea what I was talking about. And so I said, well, a vow is a clearly defined expectation. I want explicitly defined expectations for your home. Um, my Aunt Marion, her Mahjong group has more clearly defined expectations in the home. You don't bring snack twice, you're out. But the home, we're just figuring things out on the fly, right? Who's setting the table? Well, we figure, we're figuring that out when we're tired and we're hungry. Right. No one's making any advanced decisions. No one's at, saying who's responsible for taking the sponge out of the sink. So if we do things as we're going to figure it out, it's going to default on women. And it's also going to lead to a lot of resent. There's that Us Weekly Buzzo meter. I talk about the resento meter. Right. When I almost, you know, was going to leave my husband over blueberries, I was probably at nine, 10. Um, I don't want you to get there. So what do you have to do? Well, number one is you invest in your relationship like you're investing in toilet paper. And that is a nightly check-in. Jamie, it's exactly what you just said to your listeners. It's a weekly check-in and fair play, which will work perfectly for Seth and me because we're living the system. Now it's a nightly check-in. So in the beginning, it's nightly. When you graduate, it's weekly. Exactly. You have to, and I never say you have to because it's terrible communication. But I will say it's because it's that imperative. It's almost existential for women, especially, Jamie, if you have MS or Jenna, you need some mental relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the check-in is key. And what I mean is it's 15 minutes, no yeah. more than 15 minutes. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is to understand your communication vulnerability. So I want to give you a quiz. If we have time for it, and then yeah. I love it. I also hope that um, the the moms who are listening pause for a second and bring their husbands in to listen to this the whole time. The anger too. Yeah, I should understand that all yeah. of you amazing hetero cisgender men that I love now who are playing fair play and men. If you don't believe me, Google Eve Rodsky and Men's Health because there's the best article about how this one man his whole life has changed from playing fair play. In his relationship. It is a benefit to you, men. You will yeah. live longer if you have better relationships. You will have more sex. You will be not nagged. Um, there's a lot of benefits for you. So number one is institute a nightly check-in, which you will graduate to a weekly check-in. And that's 15 minutes, no more. Okay. Um, and I don't care. We'll talk about what you're going to say in that check-in, but just the, the practice, like meditation or therapy, or working out. I hate all those things. And I wish I could meditate once and be calm the rest of my life. But unfortunately, everything good in life requires a practice. Yeah. Okay, so that's step one. Communicate when emotion is low, cognition is high. Jamie, you already modeled that, which is amazing. And you saw the benefits. Yeah. But the benefits wear off if it's not a practice. So that's what I'll tell you. Just like exercise. Yeah. So number two is to know your communication vulnerability. And then we'll talk about number three. So I'm going to give you a quiz. It's sort of like a newlywed game for non-newlyweds. So I'm going to give you seven communication vulnerabilities that as a mediator, I've been talking about for a decade with my clients. And I want you to think about what your partner would say about you. Okay. What would they say about you? And then you could say what you would say about your partner to yourself later. But what would they say about you? Okay. And there may be more than one at different times, but just give me your top one for now in Corona. Okay. COVID-19 communication vulnerability. Okay. Number one is long-winded. Wah, wah, wah. You're talking and no one's listening. Number two, sharp command, sir. Your tone or drill sergeant delivery isn't popular with the troops. Number three, bad timing. You drop your grievances and requests into the conversation at inopportune moments. So thanks so much for the flowers, honey. 
but you forgot the dishwashing detergent yesterday. Can you go back out to the store now before 10? Toxic word choice. I wasn't going to say anything, but I really hate it when you dot, 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 all or nothing. You never replace the toilet paper roll. You always leave the seat up. Next, dredging up the past. This is just like the last time you forgot to dot, dot, dot. Finally, boiling over. I wasn't going to say anything. I didn't say anything. And now I'm really pissed. So I'm going to just re repeat. Yeah. Long-winded, sharp commands, bad timing, toxic word choice, all or nothing, dredging up the past, or boiling over. What would your partner say about you? Sharp commands. Jenna? Um, I can only pick one. Probably dredging up the past. Okay, and tell me how that, how, like, give me an example of how that would manifest. I mean, um, oh, I mean, I feel like I want to say, like, all, this is really bad. I mean, and maybe I have things to work on, but, like, I feel like I do all of that because I just want something to work. I feel like I go down those, literally the steps that you say until, until it gets to the, I mean, my husband's always like, you've repeated yourself over and over again. Um, you've told me that. You've told me that. And he gets so pissed at me, but then nothing ever happens. So I'm always like, you said before that you would do this. I'm always talking about the past, how he didn't pick up the trash and pick, take out the trash and recycling. And I'm always reminding him of things he didn't do. Okay. And pissed off but he didn't do them correct. Um, I, correct but I also I also I don't this falls into one of your categories but I also am like sharp and demanding at times and it's an instant bitch fest like I'm I'm I turn into this like awful bitch to him well first of all how amazing that you both are that aware of your communication vulnerability that quickly but I just want to say that that's actually a really great thing because a lot of times when I will sit with women, they'll be like, no, I don't have one. <laughs> right? I'm aware. I'm well aware of that's how so I come off to him. And, right. and let me well, tell you, I'm, that self-awareness is the step one. And because we both, we all are doing that. Right. And so I think that knowing our own communication vulnerability, even if it's justified, I'm not saying it's not justified ever. I'm saying there's a lot of things that could justify that. But what I'm saying is that we all want something to change because we're not here talking to your listeners about like I was this morning on a podcast about divorce and co and co-parenting and COVID. We're trying to stay together. Yeah. Right. So if we're trying to stay together, the only outcome is for something to change. Yeah. Otherwise I'm fucking out. I'm out of here. Right. And then I'll get, and I'll let you take the custody half the time. And then I will get my time off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Jamie, Jamie has said, I know Jamie will go next, but Jamie has said this before. And we've talked about this. We're like, we, are, we would be okay on our, on our own. Like we're okay. Like we're badass mom bitches. Like we could fucking do this. We're yeah. okay. I, well, I, Why are we here? We're only here because we're trying to make it work because we could be okay. On our own. So Jamie, I, tell me about your, tell me about your vulnerability. Well, a lot of mine is, so I'm, I, I was married in my early twenties and divorced. And so I, um, I am very adamant of always showing like, I don't need you. I like, I'm, I want to be with you, but I don't need you. And my husband is 
very sensitive and very emotionally sensitive. And um, I like, I can fight dirty, but then like not get worried. And he, he does not like that. And so we, we, we have figured out kind of like our communication, but I think over the years, like he's kind of learned to fight a little bit dirty with me and I don't react well to it. Um, obviously. And I, I, and like you said, I mean, even if we didn't know what our communication were skills before, I mean, my God, I mean, everything's amplified right now. I mean, if we don't, if you don't know in COVID, then something's up, you know, because it's very, it's very clear. Um, but I think that I've, I found like that moment I had with him, like what you so beautifully said, like when the emotions are low and the cognitive stuff is high it was I didn't even like I didn't even know that that was it like I didn't even know that that was what I was deeply feeling of just like I am not used to this and anytime my husband will look at me in the eye and hear me and not have a response right away and just breathe and take me in I literally want to just crumble in his arms and like hold him and I feel so connected because he's a, he's a fixer. And especially because of my MS, he always wants to like find a solution and fix it and this and that. And sometimes I just want to let things be. And so we, when we communicate well, it's when he hears, if, even if it's just like, I'm so sorry. And that's like all I want to hear. And I, we've had enough moments that we're like figuring, he's figuring out that that's, like, I don't know, not love language, but like, that's how I feel like heard and loved is when he just, like, I just really feel like he listened because that gives me, like, that gives me the strength to continue because I feel like I have a partner. And you're being heard. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's so beautiful. I think that is, so that sort of combines the two things we just said, our top two tips, which was this idea of investing in a practice when emotion is low, cognition is high, which you did. And also what I loved about your second, the second piece is, again, sort of uh, you both being so vulnerable and honest with your communication vulnerability. Now, number three, so we can leave your listeners with practical tips, is this idea of starting with your why. So I'll give you an example of what was happening with Fair Play. So Fair Play is really a very easy system. It's not rocket science. You have these cards, it's your whole domestic ecosystem and you go through and you divide it up based on organizational management principles like you would in the workplace. So the most successful workplaces, they do context, not control. That's Netflix, the rare responsible person. You never wait to be told what to do. Apple coined a term called the DRI, the directly responsible individual. So what I mean by that is you just have to think about mustard, right? Like, how did the mustard get in your refrigerator? Somebody has to know your second son, Johnny, likes French's yellow mustard on his hot dogs and protein, otherwise he chokes, right? That in in project management is what we call conception. So my husband works at Google. He should know how to do this at home. Exactly. So especially, well, but I will, okay. So let, let me just talk about an amazing, I will just segue into this amazing Google engineer who said to me, Um, And I wrote it for this Harper's Bazaar article. It was like the most amazing quote I've ever heard. And so remind me later to end with that quote um, about the Google engineer. So exactly. So you know the DRI and Google actually 
you know, off the record, a lot, some people, a lot of people work there, tell me they, they maybe could use some organizational management tools themselves. Right, right, right. So, but, so conception, right? Someone that's, you, you know, your second son, Johnny likes the mustard. The planning is monitoring that mustard when it's running low and putting it on a grocery list with everything else you need for the week. Execution is getting your butt to the store to purchase the French's yellow mustard. My 500 interviews with men and women, that's where men are stepping in, in hetero cisgender relationships to the execution phase. And that's obviously a huge problem, right? Because they're bringing home spicy Dijon, the gross kind with the seeds every fucking time. And I asked you for French's yellow. And don't you know that our son Johnny eats yellow mustard? You've been in this house for eight years, right? So that, and so men all over this country, why Fair Play became a love letter to men said to me, you know, I really would do more in the home, but I don't because I can't get anything right. And, then women were saying to me, Eve, you want me to trust my husband with the estate planning card, like my living will? The dude can't even fucking bring home the right type of mustard, right? So as a mediator, we often say the presenting problem is not the real problem, right? This is not about mustard or off-season blueberries. It's about trust. How can I trust you to do something that you said you were going to do? Even if it's just bringing home the French's yellow mustard and not spicy Dijon. And when trust erodes in a relationship, it's toxic. Yeah. So how do you fix that, right? Okay, so Jenna, you wanted to say something. Sorry. I, I'm just flipping out right now because everything you're saying is like freaking me out because it's I'm living it right now. Like you mentioned estate planning and like living wills. Like all I've wanted my husband to do is get our living will together. I do everything else. There are some things that he needs to do because I just can't do it. I don't know his... Uh, how like all the money gets brought in. It's more financial and I just need him to do it. Literally. I've, I've got the lawyer. I've got this. I just need his time. Then he said, Google does it for free. Great. So get us it, get it, get us in. We still don't have it. Every time I go out of town, I'm like, I can hate you because we don't have this together. What, what can I have him do that he actually executes and does it where I don't have to eventually execute? What am I going to do? Call someone to Google? But that's the thing. So that is it, right? One off list don't work. They don't, they don't work. No. He said it's a 98 tab spreadsheet called the should I do that takes nine months to to do is the most beautiful spreadsheet that's ever existed in the land of (laughs) domestic tasks. And it still didn't work. So what do you do? Right? Well, first you invest in this practice. The practice, I don't know how we got into this conversation of the life-changing magic of organizing our junk drawers. Like for women, what the fuck is that? The life-changing magic is figuring out our freaking domestic ecosystem. And it's starting to treat our home like it's our most important organization. And that's why men are willing to listen to me. Because I say, this is about no nagging, efficiency, owning your shit like you do at work, and becoming the DRI on certain things. Mm-hmm. Right? And so what started happening was, so, so that's it. So, that, so I'm going to tell you the third step. So we said the first step is investing in the practice of nightly or at least weekly check-ins where emotion is low, cognition is high. You just start the practice. doesn't have to be perfect. You just start, preferably with margaritas or a pint of ice cream like I have, right? Number two, we just said, you know, you just, you were going to um, talk. We said when emotion is low, cognition is high. Um, and... The idea, the third most important thing, why fair play wasn't working when it was just that. So I did that. I said, own garbage. You know what that means? The concession planning and execution. It means start to finish garbage. And Seth's like, okay, I got it. 
I will put the bag back in. I understand the bins have to get out before trash day. But I was still stalking him. I was his garbage shadow, right? Yeah. So in the kitchen, I would walk around really tall. So I would open the door under the sink and hope and pray he'd fall over the open door. And because I was like, if he fucking falls, he'll see that's where the garbage liners are. So I, and he's like, this isn't working, right? So this is when I was developing the system. And I was like, shit, why isn't this working? And then I had the aha moment, the aha moment that I was ignoring the 10 years of what's been working for my family. Why would I ignore what people pay me a shit ton of money to do? And that's what I call values-based mediation. So without starting with your why, nothing works. And that's why ultimately fair play, and especially the dirty dozen, which we'll talk about before we leave, which is causing the most consternation. Fair play is about investing in your relationship like you're investing in toilet paper by actually having why conversations. So let me tell you what happened with Seth and garbage. So I sat down with Seth when emotion was low, cognition was high. And I said, look, I'm sorry I'm your garbage shadow. Um, I know you said you were going to take it over. You understand CPE now. Um, you get it because that's how you manage your employees. I'm so glad you like this concept. But um, let me tell you my why about why I'm your garbage shadow. So, Seth, you know I grew up with my mom. You know I was a parental child. You know what my apartment looked like on Avenue C and 14th Street in New York City. But what you don't know is I didn't have a garbage can growing up. And we just had a bag that sat in the knob and it would spill out with garbage all over our floor. Our floors were sticky. We had a huge cockroach, cockroach and water bug problem. And I was a dehydrated child. I couldn't even go into my kitchen at night. Because if you turned on the light, the cockroaches and water bugs would scatter everywhere. They were in my Rice Krispies. Oh. There were real bugs in there. And so when I see even a peel, a garbage peel, a banana peel sticking out over the trash, I'm seven again. Mm. And I've worked my ass off over the past, you know, 35 years from seven to not be that little girl anymore. And so I can't see garbage. And then Seth was able to say to me, um, well, I had a housekeeper growing up and I slept on Domino's pizza boxes in my fraternity. So I don't give a shit about garbage. Mm -hmm. So what happens when you're so divergent over something that has to get done every day? Well, most women will just say in the time it takes me to tell them what to do, I might as well do it myself. And they just take it back. Yeah. And then the resentment grows and grows and grows till we literally die, die. Whether it's autoimmune diseases or insomnia or divorce. And that is not okay. 30% of marriages end over the unfairness of domestic labor. And I think it's actually more than that because I think the emotional affairs I heard were worse. Yeah. But anyway, so what happened was when we were able to say, okay, let's borrow from my practice, which is this idea of a minimum standard of care. Our trillion dollar tort system, our medical system is based on a minimum standard of care. What's our minimum standard of care for this family? You know, you don't think garbage should just be spilling on the floor forever. So like, obviously there's a minimum standard for you and me. Mine is every hour. Seth and I finally said it could go out once a day and it would go out before we went to bed and he'd put it in his work calendar, like a work appointment. I wouldn't, he would own it as long as I never mentioned the word garbage ever again. And Jenna, it was a miracle. It was the first time in my life that garbage started going out after years of asking. And then I realized that there was something here. There was something here about ownership combined with values conversations. And that's really what this is about. So I'll give you an example of someone who's playing this week, very quick, 
She, her husband walks in from grocery shopping. He walks in and starts putting away the pickles. Wash your hands. So she tells me that's what she says. In her tone, and she knows her communication vulnerability from fair play, she says that he drops the bag, walks into the other room, doesn't wash his hands, and they break eggs, like valuable eggs from the store. So she says to me, I want to let you know what fair play's done for us. So it didn't stop me from screaming, wash your hands in the moment. But what it did was during our nightly check-in, I was able to come back to my why and say to him, Jamie, similar to what you were doing, I can't control anything right now. And I'm feeling super out of control and starting to feel burnt out like mile 18 of the marathon. And I know we're not even close to being there. One thing we can control that's helping me is washing my hands. So one thing I can do to keep our family safe right now. And so when you walked in and you went straight to put the stuff away, I felt like everything I was doing was even more out of control. And so when you do wash your hands, even if you don't care about it, you don't think it matters, it's investing in my mental health. Mm-hmm. And if my mental health goes, I think that's family, the answer. Yeah. Then every, everybody's mental health goes. And guess what? Then he said to her, I Purell, I had, and he took, took, picked out the Purell from his pocket. He's like, I keep this shit in my pocket because of you. And he had Purell right before he walked into the house. Yeah. But they were able to have, a normal conversation over this as opposed to just seething resentments, but she had to come at it with her why. And she had to know she can come back to the table at a place where she wouldn't feel abandoned. There's a place, a place and a time that they would be able to discuss things as mundane as washing your hands or as mundane as garbage. Because those are the things that are breaking our families. And I feel like the why is almost like, as you're saying that, and I'm like trying to think of like all of my whys now. I agree. And I also feel like when you said her why was just to help her mental health, like that's, that's what it is for me. If, if Neil just helps me with this one thing, which is trash, it will do more than he could ever imagine for me physically and mentally from the day I've had. So like, it's just one more thing. And I don't mind. It doesn't gross me out to take out the trash. In fact, I enjoy it. But I still want him to do it to and enjoy it almost to make to to know that it makes me so happy that he's helping me relax in some sort of way. And that is taken off of my plate. Like I want him to like have that satisfaction of being like, I just helped Jenna have one less chore because I know she's done 30,000 other things today. And if I do that, She's going to give me a blowjob. I will. (laughs) This is it. You play. And that's what I want you to do, Jenna. And maybe you'll even do it on camera for me in a documentary we're doing right now with very, very amazing director. Um, Give it to me. Yes. I would love to cast you for it. But this is what you do is you start with your why. So this doesn't work. This game doesn't work if you just are going to use it like a list. Like you take estate planning because it'll never get done. Yes. What does work is when you start building your deck together. Because then what I found a lot of men were doing, were saying, well, my wife does all this unnecessary stuff. And I kept saying, well, what's unnecessary? And it it was always two things. It was spirituality, like taking the kids to church. And it was thank you note. I'm like, okay, take those two out. We still have have 100 cards left in the deck. So what I'd love to do, um, well, first, just we just live in the consciousness of understanding that this, you're not alone. No one's alone here. Mm-mm. This is a problem 
that has been around for 100 years since Virginia Woolf said a woman could never be Shakespeare because she has too many domestic responsibilities. So we are not alone, but we are at an inflection point where I do believe that men are coming to the table in droves in ways they haven't before. And if my husband, the blue, my expecting me to be the blueberries buyer, the only one, the only card he held was money manager and fun and playing. And when I went on my book tour this year, he held every single card with better minimum standard of care than I did. If he can change, literally any man in this world can change. And I'm seeing it all over the place with men. But it requires, again, understanding your communication vulnerability, understanding that this is not a list, but saying, I want us to come together and play this game where we can first understand how we want to invest in our home. What of these cards can we cast out? Which ones do we care about? Because that's the, the key step, is your why for each one of these. And once you build your deck together to understand what your domestic ecosystem looks like, then you hold that, that insights for a while before you go back to the table to say who does what. But that's your first step. Like Jamie said, it's coming up with your why. Why do you care about any of this? Why do you care about discipline and screen time? Well, I had no discipline growing up. I was a latchkey kid. So I dreamed of having rules and structure for my family. You know, that's a why. Why do you care about dishes? Well, like I said, dishes and garbage never got done in my house. We had a cockroach problem. I And having a house that's tidy invested in my mental health. Do I care about my parents and in-laws? Well, I do, yes, because I think extended family is really important for our village. Morning routine, that sets us up for the day. Teacher communication. Well, yes, I think it would be great for have to have somebody communicate with the teachers because our son has, you know, whatever it is, ADHD, whatever. Someone needs to communicate. Aging and ailing parents, thank God we don't have that. Garbage, my favorite card, the one that causes. See, that's what you do. You sort of go through and you invest the time and saying, what do you guys care about? And then you hold them, and then you go back to the table to deal them out with full CPE, the full ownership. And it could just be one card. So I'll just end on that one thing about Seth and me. We started with garbage. We ended up going next to extracurricular sports. When Seth finally understood that it wasn't just showing up to the Little League field, but that the conception and planning of extracurricular sports meant going on Amazon and buying cleats, Yep. finding the, the, the friends he wants to play with and figuring out what sports my sons wanted to play and printing out their birth certificate um, and printing out the consent forms and going to AYSO and picking up their uniform and donating the uniform at the end of the season and returning the cleats on Amazon when they come at the wrong size and arranging for carpool to practices. Once he understood that that one car with our minimum standard of care, protective gear and, and sunscreen and water, once he understood that car took six hours off my plate, I was okay with just that. Like you said, Jenna, I don't need 50-50. I just yeah. want you to own your shit for one thing. Yeah. And he started with extracurricular sports. I got six hours of my week back and something shifted in our relationship so that Seth understood the benefits of owning something without me nagging him. And then he started taking more and more things. Mm. The point now where he's holding most of the cards for our family um, because it just works better that way. So what a, what a perfect, honestly, what a perfect time than now. We don't have the distractions that are taking us out of our home and away from each other. Like what a perfect time to implement this into your relationship. I mean, it can feel, 
you can argue it's high stress and all this, but to me, I, I look at it as the opposite. I mean, this is such an intimate time with our whole family and especially in my marriage. I just, I think everyone needs to go pick up fair play and let's all hold each and, other accountable yeah. to do these nightly check-ins. Jenna, I'm going to ch- text yeah. you to sure yeah. you're doing them. Uh, that's it. And that's it. It's a spiritual friend. When you're afraid of doing something new, and again, it may not be, again, you're not, don't divvy up anything now because you're, I know all of us will still use it as a list. We, I had to start with the why. Yeah. You start with your why. Um, you can get the, you just download the deck on fairplaylife.com. You can print it out. I'll send you guys the poker kits if you don't have them yet. Thank you. Um, Thank and you. then you just start playing. You start not playing by divvying up, just by playing, yep. by saying like, let's just invest and so right now, there is a dirty dozen. So I will just end with that. There's a dirty dozen of tasks that in my 100, so this is the new data for my 100 women and men survey over the past week, week and a half, that's causing the most consternation in homes right now. Laundry, groceries, meals, home supplies like hand sanitizers and wipes, emergency planning, including estate planning, tidying up, cleaning, dishes, and garbage. You add kids, the four hardest things were homework slash home, that's become homeschool, yep. discipline and screen time, watching of your kids, especially toddlers, um, and social interactions with friends, trying to keep them connected by Zoom and all those other yep. things. Those are the, what I call the dirty dozen. Those are the things. So just remember that those are probably the things that are causing the most consternation in most homes right now when there's two partners. And if we have the privilege, of course, of having all these in the being, having a partner in the home and we can do is start practicing the the nightly check-in by just playing what I call fair play bingo. I will send that to you too. It's literally, you can find it on fair play life. We're having an asset where you can just download the bingo card and say, this is the shit that's causing the most consternation. We're not going to stop our daily check-ins. They're only 15 minutes a night, so we won't get through everything because of brevity. Men can't, most men do not want to do more than 15 minutes over tequila and eventually get through your bingo board. Talk yeah. through every single why of those cards, of those dirty dozen. That is my task for yeah. all of you and your listeners. Oh, you're such a gift, Eve. This Thank you really so good. much. Again, this couldn't have been better timing. Um, normally we like to end with a segment called shitty mommy, but I just feel like this is not the time. This is not the time to talk about how we feel shitty because we're all just getting through it. Um, again, please. So tell it's fair play. Tell everybody how they can find it. And so what, instead of ending with shitty mommy, let's end with this task that I did right before my book tour, which was I took a piece of origami paper. Um, I wrote on a Sharpie, on a, in a silver Sharpie, guilt and shame in it, on the, on the origami paper. I folded it up into a little square, and I set it on fire. And I talked to guilt and shame, and I said, because again, I was going away for five months. I was leaving my kids in the care of my husband. He was going to be holding all the cards. And I said to guilt and shame, look, Obviously, you're the reason why I did five hours of homework a night. You're the reason I got into the good schools I got into. I worked my ass off probably because I felt guilty or ashamed or whatever. But I'm at a place in my life where I don't need you anymore. Um, and I appreciate you. You have been there for me, but I'm willing to let you go now. And thank you. Thank you for being part of my life. But I'm ready to move on. And I will say that 
It was a very cathartic exercise. And I hope we can all do that either metaphorically or actually physically. If you have an outdoor backyard, take a piece of origami paper, paper, write guilt and shame on it and burn it. Burn it now. Does it have to be origami paper? I'm just no, no. <laughs> Take any piece of paper that you have. I, origami paper just was a nice burn. It burns slow for some reason. I don't know how like a piece of notebook paper would burn. But I think we all need to burn it now because there is no right way to do a pandemic. And yeah. that's it. We are all in this together. And that's the last thing I want to say is just we are all in this together. And to have it all, you cannot do it all unless you want to die. Um, and so I'm not going to let that happen to any of us. No. I'll go down fighting until my last breath, um, metaphorically or physically, God forbid. But to say that to have it all, we cannot do it all. Right. Thank you so much, Eve. Thank you, guys. Uh, You're so honest and amazing you. and vulnerable. Thank you. And to all the mamas out there, we love you. We're here for you. Thank you for continuing to listen. Jen and I will continue to do these Zoom nights after bedtime. Um, and we'll leave you with the mama said, um, this is more of a prayer. Mama said, may your coffee be stronger than your toddler. <laughs> I'm, I'm up to three cups a day and I drank coffee for the first time last year. Here you go. <laughs> You'll walk for your iced tea. Hey, thank you so everyone. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to Mama Said. The Lady Gang Network is produced by Will Sterling, Steve Delamater, Kirsten Woodward, and Elizabeth Bakeway. Thanks for rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts and tune in for new episodes every single week. We want to thank all our sponsors for this episode of Mama Said. They are Elixinol. Head over to elixinol.com and use the code MAMA20 at checkout to receive 20% off. Laurel Springs. Register your child at laurelsprings.com slash mama and receive a waived registration fee. Causebox. Go to causebox.com slash mama said and use code mama said for 30% off your first box. Muesli. Go to muesli.com slash mama to get 20% off your first order. Zola. Go to zola.com slash mama and use code SAVE50 for 50% off save the dates. And remember, all the info and links to these sponsors will be available in the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much, mamas.